Long ago in ancient Mesopotamia, a civilization laid the foundations for Christianity, but in ways one might not expect. Hosts Denise and Buddy Wood go on a spiritual and thought-provoking journey, uncovering and exploring some of Christianity's hidden truths. Join us as we unveil and explore the mystery that is the remnants of Ur. Welcome to Remnants of Earth. My name is Denise Wood. My name is Buddy Wood, and in the last few episodes we have discussed examples of how Abram not only brought the practice of blood sacrifice and covenant making with him from Mesopotamia, but he also brought his views of racial superiority. In episode 8, we evaluated Abram's and Sarai's treatment of Hagar and how these teachings from the pulpit today foster prejudice. This is episode 9, entitled Sodom and Gomorrah. I did not put this story in the book Remnants of Ur because it doesn't apply to the theme of blood sacrifice. However, I feel strongly that I need to share what God has shown me about Sodom and Gomorrah. It is because of this one story from the Bible that fundamental Christians have crusaded the belief that being homosexual is a wicked sin. This teaching has caused serious persecution toward the lesbian and gay communities. It is yet another example of how we have been taught religious prejudice by human interpretation of the stories of the Bible. God showed me that the story of Sodom and Gomorrah was never about homosexuality, as I had been taught in the church, but rather a story of the sadistic nature of a culture of people who had no interest in changing their behavior. Once again, I want to reinforce that the purpose of this podcast is not to disparage any of the forefathers of the faith, but to evaluate their humanness and to share what I've been shown about God's true nature that has been shrouded by religion. If you feel that I've been a little rough on Abram, just wait till we get to Moses. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> okay. But but that's for another day. Yeah, yeah. Well. The story of Sodom and Gomorrah involves Abram's nephew named Lot. Lot was the son of Abram's older brother, Haran, who died in Ur. Lot had traveled with Terah, Abram, and Sarai when they left Ur, and he followed Abram to Canaan. In the 13th chapter of Genesis, it is recorded that Lot's herdsmen and Abram's herdsmen were striving with each other because of the lack of food and water for their flocks. During that time, it was decided that Lot would migrate toward Jordan and Abram would remain in Canaan. Lot ended up settling near Sodom and Gomorrah. When two angels in the form of men visited the area, They met Lot at the gate of Sodom. Lot honored them by bowing down and asked them to spend the night at his home. And they replied, No, we will abide in the street all night. It is written that Lot would not take no for an answer, and they entered into his house. Lot made a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they all did eat. But before they retired that evening, the men of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded Lot's house. They proceeded to demand that Lot bring out the two visitors so that they may know them. 
In the book of Genesis, it is clear that to know someone is to have intercourse. In Genesis 4, Adam knew Eve and she conceived. And later in Genesis 4, Adam knew his wife again and she bore him a son. So let's evaluate this situation at Lot's place. We have a throng of men circling his house and yelling for Lot to send out his visitors so that they can force themselves upon them in a sexual manner. The Bible makes sure that we know that the men were looking for sex as Lot proceeds to go outside to confront them and offers up his two virgin daughters, telling the mob that they can do with them as they please if they will just leave the two men alone. Thankfully, the degenerates declined the offer. But now they are pressing on Lot with such force that the door is about to break as they escalate their efforts to accost Lot's visitors. It is written that the two angels pulled Lot into the house, secured the door, and caused blindness to come over every last one of them. The blinded gaggle of men finally got weary from trying to find the door and gave up. This story from the Bible is told from pulpits all over the world, and they teach that this is a story about homosexuality. And it's not. And that, and that's what's so—I I just don't get it. It sounds like these men are violent, they are immoral, and they, you know, they want to rape these angels. And it, it, it's just a degenerate group of people. It has nothing to do with homosexuality or being gay. Correct. And, and furthermore, it, it, what kind of man was Lot? <laughs> it's like, really— You're going to offer up your two virgin daughters to this group? And, you know, looking back at the story, too, I was thinking the angels did not want to spend the night at his house because the group of men would think that they were gay, having sex with Lot. So they're like, no, we will stay out on the streets tonight. But Lot, the Bible said, Lot pressed them. Yeah. So had he kind of gotten that culture within himself of being aggressive and insisting against somebody's will? Right. It's interesting. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is. It's, and, uh, I mean, if they would have stayed out in the streets there, nobody could have touched them. I mean, my goodness, they were angels. They could do what they wanted to do. <laughs> but uh, but it's, it's, it's so sad. I, I just, I, I honestly... Uh, I I probably if I was the angels I probably would have told them lot it you obviously have no moral compass we'll just take your daughters and save them and you can stay here with this bunch you know yeah. <laughs> it's just I don't know I mean, it, this story is really disturbing it is it's very disturbing and, yeah. you know if homosexuality were an important topic to God Jesus would have addressed the subject yeah but he never did. No, you know, I don't I don't know what uh it, it well it's just it's a horrendous crime is what it is that this religious and I don't know when if it'd be interesting to find out who was the first one to teach that from a pulpit that yeah. this was a a homosexual um that this scripture somehow shows that God hates homosexuals 
you know, I, who, where, when was that birthed? And, and I don't know, but you know, I've been in church ever since I was born. I'm yeah. 61. Yeah. And I have heard that story all of my life. Well, and, and the sad thing about it is, though, is these people who have started this, this hatred towards the homosexual community, I mean, men and women most likely to have, you know, committed suicide. Yeah. They've been beaten to death. They have been, you know, they've been horribly mistreated through the through the ages. And people are thinking that they're doing the work of God to ostracize them and to make them suffer or even murder them. Yeah. Because they think that God is against. And they think God hates the them. homosexual. Yeah. So I want to encourage pastors to please get back to the teachings of Christ, who taught that let him who is without sin cast the first stone. These misinterpreted passages of vileness from the Bible need to be retired. They only fuel prejudice. Of all the people I know that are lesbian and gay, many, and I know there's so many other categories right now that uh, every day there's another letter on the well yeah I, you know we we apologize for not knowing all all the depths and different variations of of your uh, of, of your sexuality but that it doesn't mean we don't have compassion for you that's right and, and everyone is included because i i've known many people uh, that we denise and i were nurses for a long time and, and being a nurse i, I ran into a, some of the most beautiful people i've met have been gay people just the most loving, kind, and generous, and just beautiful people. And I, I love these guys and the girls. They are wonderful examples of human beings. I'm sorry, God loves them. And you know what the Bible says, that if they bless us, they're blessing the Lord. That's and they right. will no way lose their reward. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they are. They, they, they are being blessed, and they will receive their reward. Christ said, if they bless you in the name of a disciple only, then they have blessed Christ, and they will not lose their reward. So in Matthew 11, Jesus was talking to the multitude. So this is a word for everyone. It is all-inclusive. Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your soul. That is a word for everyone. Amen. <laughs> and that's a good word there. You know, that's just a, makes you think, too. I mean, Christ called himself meek. He says, I am meek and lowly of heart. I wonder when the day comes that we see him. He'll be the the humblest guy in town, but the man who speaks with the most authority. You know, it's it's going to be wonderful when that day comes to actually see, to see him. Yeah. Yeah. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. If you're interested, our book, Remnants of Ur, is available on Amazon. If you have any questions or comments, our email is remnantsover at gmail.com. <laughs>